Hey, Nick, we are going live on Facebook. I'm so happy to be chatting with you today. And I know our fellow students in Boteco Group are really keen to ask you some questions. Hi, hi Bev. Uh, hi. It was lovely meeting you all that time ago over the coffee in that beautiful little place that I go to called La Mocca and the coffee's great, the atmosphere is fantastic and uh, and I, I really enjoyed our little meeting. Uh, it was wonderful to meet someone like you who's so knowledgeable and in particular caring, caring for the well-being of people and hi everyone out there, I'm glad you can join us. Now this is my very first Zoom. Oh, wow. So I might be a little bit tense. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll try and relax. I'll yes. I'll try and relax. We and can anyone maybe, out there, yeah, go on. I was going to yeah. say maybe just close your eyes and take a long, slow, comfortable breath in. And just concentrate on the diaphragm. Gentle breath, exactly. <laughs> so, yes. hello yes. everyone. We're officially live on Facebook, and that's two firsts for um, our lovely friend today, Dr. Nick Lippis, whom, as he just mentioned, we met when we did our Boteco training. I was with a group in person in Sydney. And we were blessed to do it with the world-renowned leader and authority in nasal breathing, uh, Patrick McEwen, and Nick was online. And it was just a great interaction between the two on and off communities, and it was lovely. And what blew me away was Nick was like a an encyclopedia. He just had this amazing um way of um, sharing his knowledge and wisdom. Patrick would ask, you know, anybody got another take or any suggestions or anybody experienced this? And Nick quite often put his hand up and taught us all so much. And it was just amazing. So, of course, I'm traveling in my camper van. And when we went to Adelaide, I reached out to Nick and said, oh, can I please meet you? I just really, really want to meet you because I felt a very strong connection and he took us to that well we both met and he gave me a little tour around Adelaide and all these lovely cultural places and we ended up in his favorite um, restaurant cafe La Mocha which he's just said so thank you Nick and I'm that's, that's my that's my watering hole when I walk into work Oh, uh, and yes, I a little bit of relaxing. I, I walk in with headphones in my ear, listen to listen to podcasts. Sometimes just music, but most of the time podcasts. I go into La Mocha, grab the paper, have my coffee, flick through the paper, and then go to work, which is. I'm privileged to be able to do that. I'm 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 so blessed to be able to do that. And yeah. I just work two days a week. And my 
at the moment, my primary focus, I guess you could say, or primary interest is children and their development, especially their, what they call their craniofacial respiratory complex, which involves the jaws, top, bottom jaws, the face, and how good their airway develops because airway is king. You know, we, we can live without food quite a while. We can live without water for maybe not as long, but uh, we can't live very long without air, without oxygen. So uh, uh, my interest, can I keep rambling on for a while? <laughs> but before we delve in too quickly, um, I'll just let the listeners know that um, our lovely Dr. Nick Lippis is a dentist, as he mentioned, and he graduated at Adelaide University. And he has dedicated his whole working life in general practice and research. He never really liked extracting teeth. So early on, he decided that he would do everything possible to save his clients' teeth, provided they agreed. And even if they said yes, he would then go on and refer them to someone else. And as Nick was just about to say, he's recently took um, a special interest in um, sleep disorders when he was actually um, eight years ago diagnosed with sleep apnea, which, um, you know, rekindled that passion as well and did many workshops and courses And it's now led him to be the expert with pediatric sleep disorders and early childhood craniofacial respiratory defunctions. Um, He actually believes that if all dentists could practice this way, it would make a huge impact on the future health and development for all our children And for ourselves, we're never too late to change our dysfunctional breathing patterns. However, before we go into the breathing side of things and dentistry, um, Nick, I love my audience to find out who I'm chatting with, the nitty gritty. And I know you're Italian of birth, and I've been very close to your hometown. Can you tell the audience a bit about your background, where you grew up, and your parents, your siblings, and how you ended up in Australia, and so forth? Certainly. Well, I I was born in a little country town in uh, the uh, state of Abruzzo, which is on the Adriatic coast, and roughly in across from Rome. So if you look at Rome and you go straight across to the other side, uh, that's that's where that is. It, it's probably um, I don't know, 90, 100 k's from the coast uh, up in the mountains. Small town, like Italy, is full of small towns and it's a dying town. Um, I have a cousin who still lives there and there are less than 200 people now living in that town and most of them are well pretty elderly all the young people have moved away because of work and uh, my dad came out here to australia for work 
in 55 and we followed in September 56. Uh, I'm a boat people, boat person. <laughs> we, we, we came out with mum, my older brother and a female cousin. It took us about 28 days to get here. And I vaguely remember some of the trip. I remember a lot of people being seasick, lots of people being seasick, especially my mum. She had a terrible time, terrible time. So um, we, we, we arrived in Melbourne. Um, my father and his nephew met us at the docks, caught the train and uh, came to Adelaide and that's where we stayed. Uh, you know, we never moved. Um, primary school, um, secondary school, uh, I, I went to Christian Brothers College, which, you know, was a bit tough. I, <laughs> I copped the strap every year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> except year 12. Well, you didn't have to do much to get the strap. You just have to get a wrong answer and you're in trouble. So, um, Except year 12, that was my final year. I missed out on that one. Uh, uh, Adelaide Uni, um, uh, the course is five years long. And uh, as it, my older brother is a dentist as well. Wow. But he retired. Yeah, he retired uh, about 17 years ago. He retired at 60. Wow. So he was 60. I, I remember going to work a Friday morning. We got there about the same time because we practiced together. And he said to me, I woke up this morning and I'm done. Wow. I don't want to do this anymore. And uh, sadly, at the moment, he's he's got Parkinson's and he's not doing too bad. But, you know, we all know where mm. that ends up. And so... Practiced general practice. Um, always tried to you know keep up with the latest. And I can tell you that behind every healthy man is a very good woman. And I've I've been lucky to have a very good woman as a wife. And for many many uh, going back a step, my biggest regret in life. And if the genie came out now and said, Nick, you have one wish, you can change anything, but one wish only. And that would be not to have orthodontic treatment. Right. I had orthodontic treatment. I had four teeth taken out. I had what's called retractive orthodontics. So, you know, I'm missing this part of my face. Everything was pulled back to close up the spaces from having those teeth removed. And that really, now I know, but not at the time, that's what really compromised my airway, my oral space. And, for, you know, looking back now, I, I'm, I was suffering from depression for, for many years and my wife put up with me. It was on automatic, you know, you get up, you go to work because you've got a family. Yeah. And um, she got had well, enough. 
And she pitchforked me into getting a sleep study done. <laughs> and I failed miserably, miserably. I, I'm not sure how many people out there. Oh, by the way, if anyone out there has a question, please feel free. Um, they, they, they talk about AHI, apnea, no breath, hypopnea, partial index. So how many times per hour do you get interrupted sleep? Do you get these arousals? So 5 to 14 is mild, 15 to 30 is moderate, above 30 is severe. So that means every hour, not the whole night, but every And my numbers came in at 48. Wow. And the longest I stopped breathing for was one minute. So, you know, mm. my, my night was an absolute disaster, you know, every night, every night. And, wow. and it just wrecks havoc with you. You know, literally I was on automatic, you know, wake up with a fuzzy head, you're tired, you know, the truck ran you over again. You know, you had to get going, you'd have a shower, you know, you'd sort of wake up and you'd perform for the day and then the next night, same thing, and the next night, the same thing. And once I found that out, I said, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I better start looking into this and going to courses. And then that led me to children. You know how we say, you know, children are the future, children are the future. Well, they are. But, you know, <laughs> it seems like not a lot gets done about the children. And uh, so as I, as I got into the children's sphere, then I realised you know, nothing's going to change if we don't change the kids. We're just going to keep getting more and more. I mean, sleep epide epidemic is out there, you know. Who doesn't know someone who's got a CPAP machine? Exactly. Well, that's the gold standard, a CPAP machine. That's like saying, I've got a headache. And I say, well, here, take an aspirin, take, take a Panadol. Well, how about we find out why you got a headache? Mm. You know, how about that? And I'm not, I'm not blaming the medic who snowed under. Yeah. How many times... Well, how many people go to a medico and they sit down and say, well, okay, let's try and find out why you have this problem. It's so easy to say, well, here, take this and then take that. Oh, because you take this now, you have to take this other one because, you know, you get some side effects that are not that great. So maybe we should give you this other medication. And, and I'm not trying to be flippant, but our medical system can't keep up, can, can it? No, Is, not you know, at all. Line. Okay. And, and, and again, I say again, I'm not trying to be flippant. The reason we're never going to have enough for the medical system because the problem is we've got too many sick people. Too many yeah. sick people. And there's not enough beds. There are not enough doctors. There are not enough machines because now so probably the majority of people have chronic diseases that you cannot fix. You cannot fix 
What you can do is manage. And as they mm. progress, it takes more and more resources to manage them. And mm. then, you know, we watch them die. And yeah, you know, we're chasing our tail, chasing our tail. So uh, we, we, we've got to get to why are we getting so sick? Why are we getting so sick? Let's could, sure, we've got to treat symptoms, but the main thrust seems to be the symptoms. How can we treat the symptoms? Well, you're never going to win. You're never going to win that fight. Yeah, yeah. you're on a hiding to nothing. You're on a hiding to nothing. So yeah. anyway. So, so you covered a lot there. <laughs> Thank you. One, I'm glad that you you mentioned about behind every healthy man is a powerful woman, and yes, um, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's all about teamwork, partnership, and you know being aware of each other's needs and supporting each other. And secondly, I had um, similar issues to you. My mouth was overcrowded. I had ingrowing teeth and um, fortunately I was having x-rays every six months and my problems didn't become a huge issue until I was in my late 20s. Um, however, I did go with orthodontics and as we discussed when we met, you know, I've got a long um, narrow face where I used to be big and round and healthy and my jaws receding. I've spent thousands on dental care and orthodontics and periodontics. And recently I interviewed both um, Dr. Kevin Todes, who's um, Sydney's leading periodontist and my periodontist, and Dr. Derek Mahoney, who's an orthodontist. And they both said about when they were in their early teens, how they had to wear the awful contraptions that, you know, sort of strapped up your jaw, the headgear. You know, and all the bullying and things that go through that. Now, I know you've um, had many years of experience, so maybe you could talk to us about all the changes that you've seen in dentistry, because like you, um, Dr. Derek Mahoney um, didn't advocate extracting teeth. He wanted to try and find the cause and do some breathing exercises and functional oral care before thinking of even having an extraction. He just finds extraction unnecessary. And as we both know, now dentists, the scientists have proven when you take the teeth out, your jawline um, shrinks even further. So maybe you could talk us through changes and... Um, Eventually, we'll talk about what happens in a session with you today. Well, you know, the new ideas are out all the time. There's a philosopher called, um, I'm not trying not to butcher his name, but Arthur Schopenhauer, I think is his name. He lived in the, mostly in the 19th century. And he said, any new idea has to go through three phases. The first phase, it is ridiculed. The second phase, it is vehemently opposed. And then the third phase, it, it becomes, you know, it's inherently self-evident that, you know, it was correct, you know. 
Mm. And, and, you know, we can all speculate as to who vehemently opposes, you know, a new idea. I'll leave that for the individual to, to think about. But we were never taught anything about this in um, the dental school, in the undergraduate curriculum. And, you know, uh, I'm not blaming them because maybe that's what they knew at the time. So mm-hmm. it's just the way it goes. But, you know, now there's mounting evidence that these problems are not genetic. These problems are environmental, so epigenetics, you know, the influence mm-hmm. of the environment on the expression of the genes. Okay, so genes turn due to environmental triggers. So if we perform right, if we function right, we grow right. So, you know, form follows function. So we've got the genotype, which is our genetic makeup, and we've got the phenotype, which is how we turn out. Now, if the genotype says this, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's how we're going to turn out. The environment has a huge impact. So if we want to grow, you know, every child can grow into a beautiful child. Certain things need to happen. The breathing, as probably all your listeners know, is through the nose. The lips have to be together with the teeth touching or lying. Tongue in the roof of the mouth, and we'll explain why. And then there should be no movement of the muscles of facial expression during the subconscious swallow. So what does that mean? That means that when we swallow, and we swallow hundreds and hundreds of times a day because we produce saliva, and so we got to, you know, get rid of it. We don't want to be dripping out of our mouth. So that when we swallow, all these muscles here should not move because when they move, they contract and they put forces, inward forces, which will impact on how the face grows. So when you've got competition between muscle and teeth, muscle and bone, muscle always wins. So these over here have to adapt to that. So if these muscles are saying, this, then you're not going to get them to get it to grow. And now I'm not going to get into a discussion because I'm not a woman as to whether, you know, someone must breastfeed or not breastfeed. But the facts are that breastfeeding is the best thing for babies. And then I'll leave it at that. Were they bottle fed? Did they have a dummy? How did they transition? from liquids to solids. You may have heard of baby-led weaning, which is a big thing now. How we use these muscles, strengthen the muscles. When we use these muscles and chew, see, these days we don't have to chew. Food is so processed, so processed, and they've all got sugar added to it, especially if you go and buy it in a packet or a tin or a can or 
whatever. And there's no chewing. Fiber's all gone. All you have to do is put it in your mouth and swallow. Now we can, that is going to impact on our, and our structure here because if muscles are working, the bone has to respond. And so the bone responds and grows. We get a, we get a beautiful face. The jaws should be U-shaped. That's what the tongue, the, the primary function of the tongue is to build, it, build itself a house and the house is the mouth so it can fit. If the tongue doesn't fit, it has to go somewhere. Now we either hang it out like a dog or it drops and goes back. As soon as it does that, it impacts on our airway. Now they say, you know, people hate this lump they have under, under mm -hmm. here. It doesn't make oh, yeah. them look good. Well, that's probably because the mouth is too small, the tongue doesn't, doesn't fit properly, so it goes back and down, and then you, you know, contributes to this thing down here that nobody likes. So there's another benefit from having a bigger mouth. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't see anybody, virtually nobody, with 32 teeth. Virtually nobody. Wow. So they've either had their wisdom teeth extracted or they're impacted. Now I'm starting to see people who are having trouble fitting 28 teeth. So our jaws are getting, our faces are getting narrow and longer. Our jaws are dropping and going back. So, you know, mouth breathing. Mm. slumped over, pain in the joints. See, the issue with people who have, and it's most, mostly women who suffer from TMD, temporomandibular dysfunction where they get pain here. And, and that's because if you hang your jaw, then we've got the end of the bottom jaw and the fossa here, the condyle and the fossa. So depending on where your jaw hangs, is to this likes to center itself in the middle. Okay. So if your jaw hangs down, it'll center itself. Now, as soon as you close, because this is what we do when we swallow, then as you close, this goes back. And it impinges on the tissue back here, which is highly innovated and vascularized. You know, we do this. Yeah. Now, if we close our mouth and get our teeth together or almost together, this will reposition itself in the center again. And then so when we close, it doesn't have to go anywhere. You know, we can open and chew and then it goes back to here. All right, because everything's too far back. Everything is too far back. And... We, you can change virtually at any age. It's just that the older you are, the longer it takes and the more difficult it is. But, you know, if someone is committed, then you can do that. You know, like you can change the way you breathe, as, as you, you and your listeners are aware, Bev. You know, you can change the way you yeah. breathe. But so the, the thing would be with kids is, and with adults is, one, most kids need their jaws broadened. 
Now, when you do this to the jaw, you also do that. So as you broaden it, it also comes forward. It, that's fantastic. You know, and I've done that with kids, you know, especially kids that they call with underbites. You know, the top teeth are here and the bottom teeth are there. It's not that this is too big, this is too small. So whenever you see someone like that, don't look at the bottom jaw, look at the top one. It's too far back. And mm. I expand and lo and behold, then the teeth go like this. And, and the parents think, I'm a miracle worker. <laughs> mm. <laughs> all, all I did was expand the jaw. The, you know, the physiology did the rest. The body did the rest. Thank God that we are, are good at healing ourselves. All right? There you go. Yeah. You go like that, and 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 the you know the profile and and of the kids and it's it's just so wonderful to to see that change, and and as you know as soon as they start breathing better, then it's a different kit. You've got a different kit. You know, oh. it, it's just fantastic. Yeah, and, and you know to position their jaw, and, and sometimes you'll see them, you know, top teeth out here, and and, and what they used to do invariably. Do that. Mm. You know, do that. Makes it even worse, doesn't it? Now you've got a small bottom jaw, a small top jaw, the tongue's got nowhere to go, and oh, my God. Instead of, you know, where are we doing this, you know, bringing that jaw forward. And you can, you can do that. It's, it's, it's posture. Get them to posture right, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll change. Things will change. When they're little, we're so adaptable, we're so pliable that it happens quickly. It happens quickly. You know, but parents, any parent out there who's got a toddler or a preschooler, have a look at their teeth. You know, it's so cute. You know, they've got these little mouths and their teeth are all straight and touching together. Oh, isn't it wonderful? Well, no, that's bad. If by four years old they haven't got teeth like this, you're in trouble because the second teeth are going to be at least 50% bigger than the baby teeth. So the baby teeth are like this. How are teeth that are 50% bigger going to fit in that space? They can't. So what do they do? They come out twisted and crooked, you know, double road. And so... By the time they're four years old, the teeth need to be like that. Nice, big spaces between so that when the second teeth come out, there's room for them. That means they are growing well. They're growing well. And that in the mouth, the distance between the second baby molar teeth, that's the one right, the ones right at the back, should be 24 millimetres plus their age. So if they it's four years old, it should be 28 millimetres. And when the first big second teeth come out, the six-year-old molars, if the jaw is narrow, that's where they come out and that's where they stay. So mm. they need to grow 
because they grow so fast. They grow so fast in those first five or six years, so fast. Mm. So, you know, by the time they're five, you know, the, the, the size of their jaws should be at least 60% of adult size. Thank you. Size. Thank you. You covered you know. a lot. And when when you're talking, will you explain as well as show? Because some people are only listening on audio. And um, so I just want to say, um, yeah, epigenetics is really big globally, mm. thanks to yes. amazing scientists like Dr. Bruce Lipton. And also when you talked about breastfeeding, because I am a lady, even though I have no babies, <laughs> I know um, that the researchers say by breastfeeding, um, one is about the bonding, but mainly for this talk, it really develops the um, muscles in our jaw because yes. they have to really chew. And, they yeah, they have yeah. to, the babies have to work much, much harder to extract the milk. Exactly. Breastfeeding. And, and, you know, so initially they probably get tired, but, yeah, it's like, you know, running, trying to learn to run a marathon. You don't just go and run the marathon. You know, you train and you train and you train and then you can run the marathon. So the babies, they work and they work and they get fitter and fitter and stronger and stronger. And yeah. Then, hey, you know, and... The, you know, the all sorts of benefits, they say. I just found out recently that uh, mother's uh, breast milk over 200 factors in there that help with the immune system. Yeah. Which is, I found, well, <laughs> really? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> Whereas cow, cow's milk has four. <laughs> wow. You know, so, so. You know, it is what it is. But like I said before, I'm not going to get into that argument. It no. Just give you the facts and then you do with it what you will. And I'm okay with it. Whatever people decide, I'm okay with it because it's, you know, yeah. not for me to yeah. decide. And because you there are people are under circumstances, you know. I get it. Yeah. I get it. And you also talked about um, the processed food. And I know in certain countries they've done so much research on fruit juice and um yes, terrible, the terrible. sugar content is so high they've been born or i should say when their um baby teeth come through their milk teeth they're already rotten and yes. um that's that's it's really the, hard so, so the problem with yeah problem with fruit juices are and and they're touted as you know natural and this and that and the other when we ingest fructose through juices is one thing. So, so yeah. the body finds it much harder to process that. When we eat the fruit with the fiber, so the, the sugar is attached to the fiber, that's much better. It's right. much easier to. That's why they now they talk about kids with non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. You know, what the hell? Mm. And what's a kid doing with fatty liver disease? Mm. You know, it, it's, you know, non-alcoholic. Well, what the hell's causing this? Yeah. You know, it's not the alcohol. I'm assuming <laughs> kids are not drinking alcohol to that extent. And, and, yeah. and it's, it's the sugar. Mm. The sugar. The sugar should be listed with tobacco and alcohol, you know. 
should be yeah. taxed. The, the, the government should stop these companies from doing this because it's 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 absolutely causing havoc. Mm. But you know, what do you do? I, well, what do you do? I'm, well, everybody's sure. everybody's got the opportunity to educate themselves, and everything is about absolutely. choice. So yes. I and I think with mothers especially. Um, it's good to educate yourself on what is considered to be good health and nutrition and the best for your child's development. And yes. um, there's always um, great podcasts and top experts, you know, talking about various topics. And, you know, you don't have to take everything you read on the Internet as gold, you know, question everything don't be a sheeple and do your own research on yourself and see what works for you and how you feel and so forth and i know with women as well um their oral hygiene the health of their teeth and gums um, can be effective when they're menopausal and going through you know their monthly cycles and things like that um, what tips would you give to them? And also, what tips would you give to parents when they check in? You know, a lot of people are ignorant to the fact that their child is snoring, for example, or heavy breathing and, um, you know, irritable and low in energy. So what signs and symptoms should they be looking out for? Well, well, what, what I would ask parents, you know, is to observe their child maybe if they're watching tv playing a game um, doing homework are their lips together now if their lips are just slightly very slightly apart even say it's like like that you can bet your bottom dollar that they're mouth breathing mm. so observe that observe them when they're asleep. So you put them to bed, you need to wait maybe an hour, an hour and a half to two hours that they've gone. Then you go in there, but don't just take a cursory look. Have a good look for a while. Even get your phone and photograph them. Now, have they got their mouth open? Is their head extended, you know, arching back? Do they move around when they're asleep, you know, migrating? Some do it a lot, some don't. Are they noisy? So is their breathing noisy? It doesn't have to be a snore. It just has to be noisy. They've got a problem, and their problem is breathing. If you don't breathe well, you're not going to sleep well. In the first 12 months, the baby's brain should double in size. By three, probably 80% adult size. By five, 90% adult size. The brain is exploding. And what does the brain need? It needs oxygen all the time. So if, if they have trouble breathing and they get interrupted breathing, it's going to affect oxygen supply to in here. 
And that's going to have a detrimental effect on their IQ, their memory, their learning, their social interaction. You know, lots of studies have been done on sleep breathing disorders and how it impacts on, on kids. So, you know, do they wake up dragging their feet? You know, they wake up and, they, you know, they're sleeping. Are they wired up, you know? can't stop them see people say oh he's just such an active you know can't never keep still well then i'd be concerned about that can't ever keep still always on the go you know don't like to share interrupt can't mm. focus you know which is yeah the last i heard australia per head of population had the highest prescription rate for Risperidone and Adderall, which is for ADHD. Wow! Now, now that's huge. And they're saying that a lot of that is driven by school teachers because these kids—they're just out of control. Now, every child before they get labelled as ADHD should have a sleep study because maybe up to fifty percent of these kids don't have ADHD as a condition, but they have a sleep breathing problem that's causing. So the symptoms are similar. So uh, sleep breathing disorders and true ADHD, the symptoms are very similar. So you can get confused. So, and, and, and these medications, if that's the problem, if that is the problem, makes their sleeping worse. Wow. So, you know, if a parent out there has got a child and they're about to be labelled, then say, well, please, can we have a sleep study? Yeah. Wow. That is huge. Please, please, can we have a sleep study? And now you can, they got home sleep studies. That, you know, it's not the gold standard, but it's number two. So mm. it'll give you very, very good information. Now, if there's breathing, sleep breathing is a problem, then you can do something about that, you know. And and you can turn it around reasonably quickly, you know, reasonably quickly. That's so, brilliant news. Yeah, yeah. You know, they it, it, the symptoms are very similar. So, you know, get the breathing, sleeping sorted mm. first and... You know, if you find there's a problem, great. We we know what the problem is, so let's treat the problem and not the symptom because treating the symptom is not going to get rid of the problem. It's totally agree. Maybe hide it. Yeah. 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 Having been so, a holistic therapist for years, I mm. always think you a symptom is like putting a Band-Aid on. You have to get the root of the cause so that you can yes. deal with it. Right. Well, so, I don't know. There, there was a guy uh, uh, called Harbold, a US uh, orthodontist. I think he did this. Uh, you may have heard of him. Uh, start, uh, um, experiment with rhesus monkeys. You wouldn't be allowed to do that oh, yeah. these days now. <laughs> and he had a control group. Then he had two other groups. One group, silicone plugs in the nose. Mm. So they could not 
breathe through their nose. So what do you have to do is you have to drop your tongue, drop your mouth, keep your mouth open to breathe. Another group, he stitched I think a bit of plastic in their palate so they couldn't lift the tongue. All right, so the tongue had to stay mm. down. The control group grew as monkeys grow. The other two, their faces changed. They had narrower, longer faces and crowded teeth. Mm. He didn't change anything else. He just changed the way they breathed and he changed the way the tongue worked. And both of those groups had malocclusions. And what's happening to us, very similar. Mm. You know, is it allergies so you can't breathe through your nose? That's why we got the mouth because, you know, oxygen is so important. We need two just in case one doesn't work. <laughs> so because as, as you were saying before, Bev, you know, we die pretty quick if yeah. we don't, if we stop breathing. So we've got two. But, you know, the mouth is meant to be back up, not the main way we breathe, just back up. And, uh, well, as um, Patrick said, you know, we humidify, uh, warm it up, purify it, and then pick up the nitric oxide. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how we're supposed to do it. It doesn't happen when we use the mouth, which, yeah, of course, you know, the tonsils and the adenoids and the rubbish getting into our lungs and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. you know, there's a reason for everything. Yeah, well, we're, as you said, everything, you know, it's pressurized, filtered, um, nitric oxide is a vasodilator and it helps to bring the, yep. yeah, helps to bring the oxygen down and so forth. And, you know, the exchange of gases take place in the low two thirds of the lungs. And if everybody is mouth breathing and heavy breathing, they're also shallow breathing. You know, it's only getting to the top portion of their lungs. Um, yeah. So, yeah, with, with, the, with the kids, when they, if they have issues breathing at night, you know, it's a stressor for the, yeah. for the, the brain it says, this is, this is not good, you know, the, the oxygen supply is being hampered with tampered with and what happens we go get into the sympathetic yeah uh part of the autonomic nervous system which you know ramps us up you know and when we're there what do we got we've got cortisol production mm. going up which you know is is stressful we can't you know and then they carry that into the day and that's why they hyper you know they bouncing off the walls and they can't focus can't concentrate you know drives the teachers crazy and 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 you know if you do that long enough that that's going to cause the body you know a lot of issues a lot of issues and and so these kids are you know not breathing so they you know forward head posture which you know every Every couple of centimeters that your head comes further forward, part, you know, your ears past the shoulders, you know, that the weight of the head is roughly, you know, four or five kilos. So every couple of 
well, every couple of centimetres that your head goes forward and you can walk down the street and have a look at any, mm. how many people have their head in the next suburb, you know, uh, the weight dramatically increases. And, and then, of course, your neck and shoulder muscles and SCMs here have got to hold this bowling ball up, you know, and mm. so they, they are stressed, these muscles. So they're overworked, they fatigue, and fatigue muscles are going to cause you pain. So people go and get a massage every couple of weeks, but the problem is your head's out there somewhere Mm. And these things have got to work so hard. You can go and get a massage every day treating the symptom and then you wonder why why, why am I getting this all the time, mm. you know, and, and these muscles refer pain. So, you know, if, if you get headaches in the afternoon, it's likely to be postural problem. If you get up and get a headache in the morning or wake up with a headache, then it's a breathing problem. If you wake up every morning feeling unrefreshed and still tired, and some people wake up exhausted, then your problem is no deep sleep. Mm. And with kids, growth hormone, 80, 85% of growth hormone is produced in deep sleep. And that growth hormone is for growth, but it's also for repair and maintenance, you know, and, you know, helps us to stay younger for longer. So if they're not down there, they're not going to thrive. They're not going to thrive because their hormones being affected. You know, mm. deep sleep, we get different hormones. There's the hunger hormone, ghrelin, and the hormone which says you're full, leptin. So which one is going to be produced? Well, it depends on how you sleep. And that's another mm. problem that some people have with weight, trying to control their weight. You know, we, we, we're all, you know, one unit, and if one thing doesn't work, then the next thing won't, and so on and so forth. And so when you look at people and you see one ear higher than the other, one eyebrow over here and shoulders like this and, mm -hmm. and then that's that's their the way their skull didn't grow properly mm. so you, know, you can you can check that out you, again you can you can do something about that virtually at any age but you've right. got to be committed you've got to be involved and and that's one of the things I've found with some parents you tell them the problem, then you tell them what has to be done to fix the problem, and it's oh, it's too hard. Can't, 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 can't do that. And and, it, and initially that used to upset me. This <laughs> 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 used to upset me big time, and and then eventually I said, well, what are you going to do? You know, the old you can take a horse to water, you can't make a drink. Yeah. You tell them. You've done your duty. Now it's not your problem. You feel sorry for the child, but you can't save people. You can help them, but you can't save them. So unless they 
are involved in their own salvation, you know, forget about it. Yeah. I just remembered you, you gave me a great exercise to bring my jaw forward so my teeth were touching and keep doing that every day to try and um, realign my lower jaw, which I did for about six weeks. And now I've slipped back into my old habits. So I'm yeah, going to... Yeah, I mean, um, there, there, are, there are appliances that you can wear. You don't have to wear 24-7, but there are appliances mm -hmm. you can wear that will force you into a position because if mm. you don't go into that position it's a bit painful yeah. so you you just oh yeah you know we don't like to hurt ourselves no. <laughs> essentially so it, it'll force you into that position and if, if you can do that long enough long enough mm. it, it it's, you set up a new neuromuscular pattern yeah okay so that that's just the way you do it now you know, yeah. you, you don't have to think about it. It's just the way you do it. I, and I, mm. I like to say to people, fold your arms, and some people do left over right, and some do right over left. And whichever way you do it is what's comfortable for you. Mm. And if you want to change that, you can change it. Initially, it's uncomfortable. When I say yeah. it doesn't feel natural. Yeah. If you keep practicing and practicing, practicing, then the new way will become comfortable or natural. And the old way, uh, that doesn't feel right. But you've got to be persistent mm. and you've got to be committed. And if you do it long enough, it'll be your new way of doing it. That's why diets don't work. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're going to torture ourselves for three months, then we go back to what we're doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and then you put it back on and then some. Yeah. yeah, I I found I was getting very tired and it was aching a lot, you know, when I was doing the exercise. But I guess um, I just needed to persevere longer. Yeah, yeah, and and see the other thing is if the mouth's not big enough, the tongue can't fit in between the teeth, mm. so you might sort of get over the top of the teeth. That's another problem. That causes another problem. Mm. So most people need expansion sideways for a start. Trying to get it forward, that's another issue, a much more complicated issue, mm. much more complicated issue. You know, there's a, a um, operation now that's becoming fairly common called MMA. That's maxillary, maxillary mandibular advancement. So what they do is they detach the top jaw from the base of the skull and pull it forward. Mm. And they do bilateral cuts here and move that forward and screw it into place so that all of a sudden now you've got everything right out here. You know, I could show photographs of before and after. It looks like a different person. Yeah, it's like, I can whoa. imagine. Oh, whoa, that's amazing. Actually, if anyone's interested, oh, oh, it, it's, it's absolutely amazing the, 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 the differences that you, you wouldn't think it was the same person. And as far as, uh, sorry, 
That's right. Yeah, I know yeah. when when Dr. Derek Mahoney went on 60 Minutes about 20 years ago and showed the studies of the twins, someone else had done it, yeah. and you've seen the before and after. Sorry. Can you see that? Oh, yes, yes. Wow, completely different, especially oh, yeah. the area under the chin, that bit you said yes. that hangs down. Wow, completely yeah. different. The after shot, um, he he looks like he's got a beautiful face with strong yes. facial structures and good yes. alignment. And yeah, wow, yeah, I mean, huge. That, that's, that's an amazing. But the, the the big thing with that is that he'll breathe so much better. Yeah. But the other issue, the other issue with that is that if he doesn't also address any muscle dysfunction mm. like i said you know when you swallow doing this i mean i'm exaggerating but doing that with time that could have a detrimental effect in wanting to push all of that back right so that's why i said about no, no movement no movement with the your subconscious swallow the yeah, subconscious swallow that's a really yeah. good tip. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm consciously aware of the time. And I I will put your email address with these notes so people can contact you. And um, if there was one thing that you could do to save the world, what would it be? Change the world, I should say. <laughs> Change the world. Uh, look, I... Um, One thing. Yeah. Just one thing. Just one thing. Is that one thing? Okay. So see, that's much harder when you say one thing. Now I'm gonna to have to really think how long and hard about it. But let's let's say this. Sugar. Let's get rid of sugar. Well, that's great. Yeah, you know, in, in in the pervasive form that it exists today. Great. You know. Let's let's do that, and and also might give whoever's listening or will listen um, as far as their their teeth goes is is one when you brushed your teeth, don't rinse your mouth out afterwards oh. with water. Spit no. as much as you want, but don't rinse. Right. Two. If someone has a bit of a dry mouth because of issues, maybe medication that they're taking or something like Sjogren's syndrome where their saliva production is compromised, saliva is really important for lubrication, starting the digestive process and neutralising acid in our mouth because it's the acid that's going to cause us issues with our teeth if you have that problem a really simple 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 way of getting rid of the acid from your mouth is you get a glass of water teaspoon of bicarb mix it up little mouthful swish around for 20 30 seconds spit out a little bit of fresh water just to rinse any residue and that'll get rid of the acid in your mouth like that Wow. Now you should you should do that 
after meals, another couple of times in a day before you go to bed. It's, it's easy. You mix a glass, a squeeze bottle, just squeeze a bit in your mouth, swish it around, spit it out, bit of fresh water, acid gone, acid gone, acid yeah. gone. You're going to do your teeth such a great favour. Oh, great. I'll be naughty and ask you another two very quick questions, if I may. Yes. Um, because what do you think of, because I've been traveling and having dental treatment with different dentists in different countries, different states, yeah. and also periodontists and orthodontists, um, everyone tells me a different regime to either use um, uh, a manual brush electric. or electric brush. And some of them are for um, the sodium bicarbonate and also um, rinsing your mouth with um, um, hydrogen peroxide and brushing your teeth even with the, uh, a mixture of the sodium bicarbonate. And then some people tell you to use the interdental um, brushes pixel they're called here in australia others will say use it alongside floss or only use one or the other or um use a water pick what is your take on it because i think dentists are more firsthand with their patients and seeing their mouth more frequently well i i use an electric toothbrush mm -hmm. everyone who uses an electric toothbrush will clean better right now it's not just the instrument it's how you use it as well yeah now you know you can you can brush your teeth 20 times a day if you brush the same spots 20 times a day and you miss the same spots 20 times a day you're going to have problems where you're missing mm -hmm. so the important thing is that one you're not rushing so that you're taking your time to look in the mirror when you're doing it, not because uh, you don't know where you've been or what you've done. Mm -hmm. So and be systematic. Now I say to people, start somewhere. I don't care where, but start down the back somewhere, top, bottom, outside, inside, somewhere. So if we start down the back, down the bottom, you slowly work your way around to the other side. Then you switch on to the inside. Now you've got tongues, tongues here, gum is here. Most people brush that top corner here. No good. You've got to come right down to there. Right? So right brush the, the gum, gum line. line. Well, yeah, you've got to get, I'm not asking you to brush the gums i'm brushing asking you to brush the teeth part of the tooth right next to the gum which right. means the gum's going to get a little bit of brushing okay because that's okay. critical around here so right. but a lot of people brush here they don't go down to there now the further back you go some people get a bit gaggy you know yeah i, I understand that now gag reflex as a little aside is a good sign that your airway is compromised. And this ah. is, oh, you go back there, you're going to block my airway. What am I going to do? I'm going to go and get mm. rid of it. Okay. But 
if that is a problem, then what you want to do is you go there, even if you only stay a couple of seconds there, come out, spit out, go back. You, you've got to push the envelope a little bit. Right. And what will happen is if you're persistent and committed and you do it long enough, eventually your gag reflex will start to drop off and you can stay there longer. Okay. Right. And then, and then you, you know, you work your way around to the other side and you brush the top of the teeth. Then you do the top teeth. Now, so just be quickly, teeth, Nick, just, yes. do you start at the bottom and go up or the tooth or start at I the know, top just, of the tooth just, and go down? The, the, the teeth aren't flat, so they, they're, yeah. they're curved, right? Yeah. So you've got to follow the curve of the teeth, especially the molars because they're yeah. bigger. Yeah. And so follow the curve of the teeth. Slowly, okay. slowly. So you need you need to time yourself on here. Yeah. If you want to make sure you're not rushing, because if you time okay. yourself here, doesn't work. Yeah. You'll before you know it, you're finished. Yeah. So and then people say, well, how long should I brush for? Well, I can tell people out there that I brush my teeth. You ready? <laughs> once a day. Once a day. Oh. Wow. Now, diet plays a big part. Right. If, if it's, it's uh, we're talking about the teeth now, it's not so much how much you have, but how frequently you have. Because every time we take something in, we're going to get a pH change in our mouth. So the pH is going to drop. We're going to go into acid. And if we get to a pH of below about 5.5, that's when we're going to get some demineralization of our teeth. And that's that's a reversible process, okay? Mm. This is where the saliva comes in. It gets rid of the acid, helps to remineralize the teeth, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an even balance, okay? Mm. So if I had a... To put it plainly, if I had a block of chocolates, it would be much better for me to sit down, make a pig of myself, eat the whole lot. That's one episode. Mm. If I got that block of chocolate and made it last all day, I'm going to have multiple, multiple events of acid production. Right. Dropping pH. Okay. That's going to be much more of a problem We'll forget the waistline. It's going to be much more of a problem for my teeth because now I've been in low pH all day. Mm. So the loss of minerals is going one way. Right. You know, going back the other way is going to be maybe not so much. So that's just a simplified. So it's the frequency in particular. Now, I'm not talking three or four times a day. I'm talking, you know. Seven, eight, ten, twelve. You know, and these days you can eat all day if you want to. You know, yeah. graze all day. Just it's all sugar. Mm. The stuff you buy, it's all sugar. Now, if people want to know how much sugar they have. Go to the tin, the packet, and see how many grams it's saying. Let's say it says twenty grams per hundred mils. You divide that by four. And it'll roughly, roughly give you how many teaspoons? 
Now, if if you say 20 grams, it doesn't mean much. No. If you say five teaspoons and then you measure them out and you see this bit, little mound of sugar and you go, oh, my God, is that how much sugar I just took in? Yeah. So, yeah, to, to and people should try that. Yeah. Just just for their own. Benefit. Um, benefit. So yeah, how much sugar I d- am I really having? Yeah, and I think if they measured it out every day for every single thing they ate, they'd end up with a nice little oh. mountain. Yeah. Oh, 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 yes. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So that's the toothbrush. So, yeah, oh, before I forget, when you do the top on the cheek side, yeah. it's really important that you don't open your mouth only a little bit mm. because see where my finger is? Yeah, on the top of the Well, that's maxilla. the front front border of my bottom jaw okay right now you watch what happens when i open oh yes yeah so, it drops right so down. it comes right over overlaps the teeth you go back with the toothbrush you're not going to get those last teeth okay so you open just a little bit leave the cheek loose keeps your bottom jaw back and you have good access to your last Two tooth and a half. Great. Time you have to time yourself when you brush your teeth. I do it once a day, about five minutes. Right. Okay. okay. Got a time. Got a time. Got a time. You won't, you won't, you won't spend five minutes. If you don't time yeah. it, forget it. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, am I still here? <laughs> now, as far as in between the teeth goes, yeah. You either floss or you use the interdental little brushes. Now, yep. if you've got, if your gums have receded a bit and you've got big spaces, those little brushes are great. Yeah. If, if, if your gums haven't receded and you've got the papilla, that's the pointy bits that go in between the teeth, then you, you don't really want to stick those brushes through, so you floss. Oh, that's a great tip. And, and when you floss, sorry, just to, you've got teeth like this, Flossing, doing that, that's not flossing. Flossing is you get the floss in between the teeth, you wrap it, all right, you wrap it around the tooth. Yeah. And you slide it up and down because now mm-hmm. you're scraping the, the side tooth. of the you're tooth. Scraping the plaque, yeah. Then you go the other way to the other tooth and you repeat five or six yeah. times. That's flossing. Right. Going flick, 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 flick. That's not flossing. Mm. That's maybe getting something that's stuck in between the teeth out, which is fine. Yeah. It's, it's not flossing. Right. Okay. And the other issue is if you've got some something there that's stopping you from doing that, then you need to sort that out. Thank you. And what about the water picks? Uh, I think uh, I'm not a great fan of water picks. Not that they don't do any good, but I think if you if you do that, and then sometimes people say, you know, there I just can't for whatever reason I just can't get to it. Okay, use the water pick. Right. Okay. I just find because I eat lots of like chopped up um, leaves for the want of better words, herbs and different things, 
uh, and seeds. I just find when I use the water pick, it cleans my teeth so much yes. quicker, gets every little bit yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you, what you're getting out is some debris. Yeah. I'm not sure how much plaque you're getting out. That's all. Right. Okay. Is it, oh, that's a, good a tip. Yeah. Yeah. Because plaque is basically bacteria, you know. Yeah. Trillions of them. What what has it go that for every cell we have in our body, we have about ten or eleven viruses and bacteria. So it's ten, eleven to one. Oh my goodness, that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ten, eleven to one. Yes. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so did, that's did, a lot. So thank you, thank you, thank you very much thank for you, all you, your wonderful words of wisdom. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. And um, everybody, pay attention to Nick's words of advice and be careful of what you're eating and be mindful of your toothbrushing and um, your techniques and have a look at your posture of your jaw, your body posture. And if you've got children, definitely tune in and see what's going. And from my experience, yes, and I know Nick's, if you can get them functionally breathing and get that happening as young as possible, you know, you're never Always, too, yeah. too young. Remember. Yeah. yeah. Um, form, form follows function. Form follows, follows function. function. Oh, that's good. Remember the three Fs, form follows function. So that's brilliant. So thank you very much, Nick. And I'll leave your email and people can contact and yes. by all means reach out to him with any questions you may have. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, I'll be I'll be pleased to answer any questions. Thank you, Nick. And would, thank thank you for the for for the offer of coming on to your podcast. Pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you.